Welcome to The Pew, the place where everyday guys talk about everyday things in front of the one person who can do something about it, Jesus Christ. Now here's your host, just a guy in the pew, John Edwards. Welcome back to The Pew, everybody. I am your host, John Edwards, and here this week across the table from me is my favorite guest ever. This week, we've got a special surprise. My wife, Angela, is here with me. Angela, thank you for being here. Well, thank you for having me on. You're very welcome. I know this is not uh, your comfort zone, per se. Right. right. I like the other side way better. <laughs> That's okay. But, you know, this is part two of, of the episode we started last week, which was the fifth gospel, where we were talking about the pilgrimage that you and I had been on. Now, Victor and I did that, and, and as some of you heard on the show, I, don't, I can't remember if he said it on the show or if he said it afterwards. He said, uh, you know, it'd probably be better if you had Angela on for the next part because I'll she be was sure there to with thank you. Him. Yeah, <laughs> I'm sure you're loving him right now, right? <laughs> but, uh, you know, I'm sure a lot of people thought that the first time you'd be on here would be to share your side of the story. And, and uh, you know, we'll get to that someday. But it really made a lot of sense. You know, I wouldn't have gone on the pilgrimage if it wasn't for you, you know, if it wasn't for you saying, yeah, let's do this and going with me. I mean, as we both know, it's hard to leave your kids for 12 days, yes. um, you know, and so. Um, I it don't was, think I would have been. What's I felt that way. I felt like for your first pilgrimage with the nerves that you had going that I felt like I needed, I needed to be there for spousal support. So yeah, it well, gave me confidence in leaving work, leaving the kids, leaving everything that I was doing, what I needed to be doing. At that well, time. and you were a big part of the pilgrimage and we're going to talk about that in a few minutes, you know, but yeah, I mean, I wouldn't have gone without you. I mean, I just I didn't want to experience those things. Just like next week, I'm going to Buffalo, New York, and Niagara Falls is right there, but I'm not going to go because you're not with me, and I want to go and experience those things with you. So I'm so happy you're here, and thank you for you know doing something that you probably wish you weren't doing right now because yeah. I can see it on your face. Sorry. <laughs> but no, but just I'm excited to have you here. I'm excited for people to get to know you a little bit on the show. But before we get started and jump into all the pilgrimage stuff, I wanted to mention a couple things. So next week, folks, I will be this. Actually, this is coming out on Tuesday. So in a couple of days, I will be at uh, St. Teresa of Avila in Buffalo, New York. That's going to be on June the 17th. Be given a restored parish mission and starting a men's group there. It's a unique situation. They have a family of four parishes. They're coming together um, to to put on the event, but it's open to everybody in the Diocese of Buffalo, man, men, women, everybody. So you don't have to go to those parishes. If you're in the area, come and join us. If you're listening to this right now and you're with anywhere, you know, anywhere within driving distance, come and be with us. I'd love to meet you, and I'd love for you to see what we're doing with these missions and starting men's groups. That's the other reason we're going is to implement a men's group. And, folks, we talk about that every week on the podcast that's what God's calling us to do is to be modern day St. Paul's to go out and build community where there is no community for men and to help uh, build fruit that will last. So come and see us at St. Teresa of Avila on June the 17th. That's this coming Saturday. Um, and we will be there in the morning, I think, believe at eight o'clock until midday going through everything in the training. So we hope to see you there the following weekend. Uh, that would be, what is that? The 24th and 25th, we will be at the Malvern Retreat House outside of Pennsylvania for the uh, Catholic Men's Leadership Alliance Scent Leadership Summit. Now, this thing's going to have like 300 men uh, from around the country that lead men's groups or lead conferences or just want to find out more about how they can start men's groups. That is open to anyone. They're still taking registrations. So you can go to... Uh, 
catholicmensleader.org. That's catholicmensleader.org. And you can register there. There is a fee, but you get to stay at the retreat house. All the meals are covered. Father Larry Richards is going to be there as a chaplain. Deacon Harold Burke Sivers is going to be one of the keynotes. Um, I'm going to be keynoting, and I'm going to give two workshops on starting small groups and leading small groups. But it's an amazing opportunity to be around so many other men in the country that are coming together to just try and help men be the men that they're called to be in their respective areas, dioceses, parishes, and all of that. So again, you can go to uh, catholicmensleader.org if you're in that area. Certainly come and join us and be a part of that Catholic Men's Leadership Alliance Sent Leadership Summit. Another thing I want to mention real quick is our new website's up and running. So we just talked about the things we're doing with men's ministry. All of it is housed there. So where it used to be John Edwards, Catholic speaker and podcaster, now it's just a guy in the pew Here's the issue with men. Here's the need for men. Here's what we're doing about it. And here's how we can help you in your parish. It's all about the work that God's called us to. Uh, many people ask us too, can we support the ministry? Can we donate? You can do it all there. You can go and click a button and, and find out more about our men's ministry stuff and actually get on a call with people that can get the process going with you um, and get us booked to come to your area and help start a men's group. Or you can click that donate button at the top and become a monthly supporter. Folks, I've said it a million times on here every week that we can't continue to do this without constant support. And so many of you have answered that call. So many of you become monthly subscribers and supporters by giving five bucks, 10 bucks, 100 bucks a month. And look, every bit of it counts. So thank you to those who've been giving and thank you to those who will. If you're thinking about it, if you've ever been moved by this podcast, by an event we've done, by a mission, by a men's group we've started, I just ask you consider, uh, to consider becoming a monthly supporter. You can do that by going to donorbox.org slash pew, or you can go straight to our website, and there's a donate, bu- donate button in the top. Not donut button. That would be nice. You get a button and donuts pop out. But donate button and, sub- and become a monthly supporter there. I promise you that money will be used to grow the ministry and the reach to help men grow into the men that they're called to be that God wants us to do. So with all that being said, Angela, thank you again, as I said, so much for being here. I'm excited. I know we're both a little bit nervous, right? But uh, we had an amazing trip together. And you were sitting there last week on the other side of the camera, and you heard a lot of what we talked about and some of the places that uh, Victor asked me about that I was really uh, you know, moved by or some of my favorite spots. But I just I thought, man, it'd be really awesome for the pilgrims that listen, that went, to hear some of your perspective, but also those who have never been on pilgrimage, or maybe they have, and they just want to hear some insights from somebody other than me on, on you know what what the trip was like. So I guess we'll start there. Like when you you know first thing that pops in your head when you think about the pilgrimage, what 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 comes to mind? Like what's the first thing that? Well, you know, I went. You? with the anticipation to, you know, be closer to Jesus and, and hear more about that, which that did happen. Absolutely. But what I did not anticipate and I really appreciated was getting to know, just, just seeing the history, hearing our tour guides who were amazing with teaching us all of the history that behind everything and just seeing the country itself and getting to know the pilgrims getting to know everyone in our group because everyone I'd get little intimate moments where I got to talk to the different women and or wives and husbands and get to hear about their lives and that was that was beautiful because everyone everyone has had some sort of a miracle or something special in their life and I met a lot of women that were just as faithful to their vows as I have been and that was that was wonderful for us to be able to share that together and talk that's what I really loved most about that was the relationships that we got to 
got to experience with everyone. Yeah, and I think that's the way we kind of went into it, you know. I mean, this this whole ministry's always been about just being who you are, right? Like who you it's it's this is us in our brokenness and our in our good moments and in our bad moments, all of that. Like the Lord loves us completely in all of our moments in our life. And you know, I was really nervous about going, you know that. Like when they first asked me, it's like, what am I gonna do? I don't know all this history and I don't know all this and I'm not Dr. Han. I'm not Jeff Cavins. I'm not these guys that can recite all this in their sleep, you know, and have this just amazing knowledge about these wonderful places and what could I possibly do? And, you know, what I focused on and really Matt was select travel. Um, and that's who we travel with select travel. They're amazing. I mean, we'll talk about that more in a minute and all the reasons we traveled with them. But, um, but Matt on the phone, you know, told me, John, like, I really see you as a guy that just, that's going to relate to people and you just want to be with people. Like, that's the thing is you want to get into people's lives. And that's really the truth. Like when we go to missions, we do anything like that. I do. I want to meet people. I tell people when I'm here, I'm yours. Like I, I don't, I don't want to run off to the hotel room and sit by myself. I want to, I want to know you. I want to see the place we're at. I want to get to know the people. And so it was really cool that you were doing the same thing because while you and I had our own intimate moments where we were together at things, it was really awesome for me. Cause I know how introverted you can be too. Like I'm not trying yeah. to bust you out, but that's the truth. But it was really cool when I'd look up and go, okay, let me make sure Angela's okay. And you would have like four people around you and you were just engaging them and they were engaging you. And it, it was really neat. And I think that's a huge part of pilgrimage is you're not there. It's not a vacation. It's not a, a tour. It, it's a pilgrimage and you're going on a journey mm-hmm. with other people. And it's, yeah, it's a little intimidating, especially as a leader. Like I got 71 people I, I've never met in my life, but also, it was that church camp kind of feeling, right? Like oh, I had where I can't wait to, it's a little nervous when you get there, but like by two days into it, you're like, look at all these new friends I have. And right. and so it was so awesome. So I loved seeing you interact in that way. And you mentioned the guides too. Um, you know, the guides were, what you talked about was like the, the history and the knowledge they had. Yes, they had the historical knowledge, but like Hani and Abram, you know, they both were were Catholics, right? And right. they're from you different could, forms of Catholicism. You could you could see their love for Jesus. You could see their love for the faith, and you could see that and hear that in the way that they shared the history and the stories, and even related it to our lives right now. gave us gave us inspiration on how to grow. I, I loved that. I appreciated that. Yeah, and they, I mean, just like one of them was like Armenian Catholic, and another mm-hmm. one was this, and so some of what I remember you telling me you enjoyed was was things like uh, one of the guys was talking about the take on Judas, and he was saying, you know, a lot of people believe that Judas, the reason that he betrayed Christ was because he was a zealot too, and he wanted, he was waiting for Jesus to, you know, become this warrior king, warrior messiah that they all expected him to be. And when that didn't happen, he sort of turned him in so that when they came for him, he thought it would force Jesus' hand, and he would show him who he is, and and that's why Jesus, or not Jesus, but Judas threw the silver back in some of the traditions they told us is because not so much that he felt, um, you know, that because he realized what he had done, but he realized that Jesus wasn't that type of Messiah, wasn't that, that Jesus, this was always going to have to play out this way. He was always going to be the sacrificial lamb. Right. So he had the regret yeah. of of realizing what have I done at that point instead of, the guilt of mm-hmm. trying to trying to fix it by throwing the things back and hoping he'd be forgiven. So it's just things like that that they shared with us that I know were important to you too. Yeah, I know. that. I think that was the first time in my life that I ever thought of Judas in a way of I felt pain for him and sorrow 
and I never never once thought that before you know I thought that was that was it really opened my heart in a different way yeah well and that's the way I think a lot of us you know we look at Judas and we go like how could he do that how could he do that and we often forget how many times we portray Jesus in our life you know and and I think we often overlook that that Jesus loved Judas as much as he loved you or me or anybody else you know that was his brother and uh, that betrayed him. And, and I don't think Jesus wanted Judas to go to hell any more than anybody else, no. you know? And if he did, I mean, I don't know where anybody wound up, but you would assume that's what happened. Um, but he also, in his priestly prayer, prays, um, you know, he calls him uh, the son of uh, destruction, you know, and he says it was preordained, yeah. you know, that that was the one that he lost because it was in it was planned, right, for them to lose that. So, but that's just one of the little nuggets. And you know, the gods were so amazing. I can't wait to go back. I already told Adida, and Adida is the woman who runs uh, Select Travel. She's amazing. Um, I want to give them a little plug here again. Uh, I said last time on the episode, and I meant it, I'm never going to travel with anybody else but them. I mean, I hate to ever say never because you never know what's going to happen. Mm-hmm. But in my heart right now, I have no reason to travel with anybody else because they they are just, it's top notch. Like, I got a list here of everywhere that we said mass. And, you know, we said mass in Duke and Holtum in the, at Magdala at the hotel, the Legionnaires, uh, in the Church of the Annunciation, and uh, Church of the First Miracle in Cana, where mm-hmm. that was where we renewed our vows, Church of the Transfiguration, the Mount of the Beatitude, Stella Maris, which is where Mount Carmel is, and mm-hmm. uh, the Mediterranean Sea and all that, St. Anne's Church, which is Mary's mother, um, mm-hmm. Shepherds, the Shepherd's Field, the Basilica of Agony, uh, which is is Gethsemane and all of that, mm-hmm. the River Jordan and the Church of the Holy Sepulcher, and even the last day. You remember this? Like we were sitting there going, "Man, we're going to have to fly home all day on Sunday." Yeah. Like, what are what's everybody going to do about Mass? And Father could have given a disposition, a dispensation, I guess, or something. But I just looked at the gods. I was like, "Is there a way we can squeeze in four thirty Mass before the you know evening Mass before the disposition?" And Hani's like, "Give me a second. And next thing you know, we're at the the Church of the Patriarch, right? Yeah. <laughs> like where the I bishop is that. having Mass." And it was the third group with Father Maybe, who's also going to travel with us. Uh, yeah. He's six nine. He's got me by one inch only because he's got hair. I refuse <laughs> to say he's taller than me, other than his hair. But he's going to travel with us in the future, and I'm excited about that too. But Select really went out of their way. I mean, we stayed at places that we never felt unsafe. Okay. Um, the food was wonderful. The guides were wonderful. Uh, if we wanted to change anything, they made it happen. Like, hey, can we go here while we're over here? And the biggest part that I loved was the Select to Give Foundation. You know, yes. finding out that they're the only travel agency out there that actually has a nonprofit that a lot of the money people pay to go on pilgrimage, a portion of it, goes to the the Christians in the Holy Land that you and I saw yeah. are suffering over there. They right. don't have a lot, of, especially the ones in Palestine and the Gaza Strip, the West Bank, they don't have a lot of opportunities to make a living. And so Select is trying to do what they can over there and for that that's one big reason why i will always travel with them but that was a, another amazing moment in our journey too was the sharing the bread and all that like i shared that a little yeah. little last week where um you know talked about we had a night where when we were in bethlehem you know it was optional you know for people that you know wanted to go and were comfortable with going into someone's house they didn't know we were invited to share the bread and so my buddy shibley shout out to him uh even though i spent way too much money in his store yeah. <laughs> like, uh he's he's a guy that, that runs the foundation over there for select and he's put together this opportunity to go and eat with these these families that live there and spend the night sharing the bread with them and you know we met with a young a, a lovely young family and it was a great night for me I, i'd love to hear like your feelings about that and how oh how i really you enjoyed, enjoyed it. it i loved meeting their uh their 
the mother-in-law or the the wife's mother. I loved hearing, learning how to speak in their language, even though I've forgotten all the words they taught me, <laughs> but hearing their history and then even talking about just simple things like their school, how similar it is to ours, how they have similar school years. And also just that apartment that they lived in was handed down generation after generation after generation, I believe. Yeah. And just learning their life from them not hearing about it or reading about it in the news. I enjoyed that opportunity because a lot of times, you know, you don't know, oh, is this true or is this just political or what's what's real? I loved hearing it from their own mouths, yeah. learning them. And just seeing their love for the Lord and the way that they, you know, they they catered to us as guests and the food they cooked. And, oh, that was uh, delicious. Yeah, and then we were able to... Uh, we were able to collect with the five or six people that went to help, you know, give them something beyond what Select did to continue to help support them. But yeah, I mean, they had, I believe the husband was in the music industry and the wife was a social media person. And I know, so I thought, as, how ironic was that? Yeah. That that's the family that we ended up with. Yeah, as soon as somebody said, well, he's got a podcast, their eyes lit up and, and both of them are friending me on Facebook. And that's what's cool is we've been going back and forth about some stuff. Oh, and yeah. I'm excited to get back over there to hopefully have dinner with them again and uh, just enjoy it with them. But yeah, I mean, Select is great. And I can't wait to travel. And we actually have some trips we're in the works with right now, Angel, but I can't you know about them but i can't share them yet because we haven't you know signed on the dotted line with everything yet but we have some awesome pilgrimages coming up i'm telling you that with some great people i'm really excited about but anyway i digress let's jump back into like what were some of your favorite moments like you know just off the top of your head just memories you have you talked about with you know people and you can do that too but i know you got some little vowels here on the table that i don't know people can see behind the bible but some stuff you did there too but what are some highlights you had or that you loved well allison just wanted dirt from everywhere we went our daughter yeah so i collect I, I started um at, at the first at mount Tabor. i think it's where i first started trying to collect dirt but then after we came back i was like if i collect dirt everywhere i'm gonna have so much dirt i'm probably gonna get stopped by customs or something <laughs> so instead i would just collect little bits and pieces like um our um when we went to the Mount of Olives. Yeah. I got a few little olive branches that had fallen on the ground. I did not desecrate any bushes or anything <laughs> like that. But I would just collect. She was not arrested in the process of I this. I would collect <laughs> rose petals that dropped when we went to the Church of the Annunciation. And when we went to, um, in the um, Holy Sepulcher. That, there was, um, when the. Greek Orthodox. Greek Orthodox yeah. Church. They, they do a procession around the sepulcher before they go in to have their mass at their yeah, time. Mm-hmm. And their prayers. And they throw petals, rose petals, which I thought were beautiful. And so I tried to collect them. But then when we were in line for the Holy Sepulcher, I saw these rose petals that were trampled and, and bruised and injured. You know, if you can say injured for a petal. But just trampled petals along the way, and it made me think of Jesus, and it made me think of his like beaten and bruised body. So I collected all those petals uh, while we waited in line, and I brought those home for my collection for Allison, and then I just ripped them all up and put them in these vials, and I separated it out to give to people, you know, eat olive leaves or petals or dirt. And then, yeah, this one, this is the Jordan River water, which I was really surprised at how small the jordan river is yeah and it's it's not as clear as i thought are you sure be. that's jordan river water because that's really clear it the does jordan look clear was muddy. i know that's what i thought was weird is it's not it's it's really muddy looking but when i poured the water out i know it was jordan river water but it looks clear yeah you can see little bits of dirt in it 
See, that's what Jesus does. He clears up muddy things. Yeah, that's what I thought too. <laughs> but no, that's what I love about you. Like you're you're constantly thinking about other people. Like I had to rein you in on some of your like give home things. You're like, I'm gonna buy this for this person. I was like, you haven't seen that person in 20 years. <laughs> but but uh, but anyway, like you're always doing stuff like that. And I thought that was such a cool idea that you know when I walked in the in our bathroom here in the house before we left, I was like, what are, is Angela made, like doing experiments? What are all these tiny bottles everywhere? And, I know. I, I poured and, it out so that I could um, share it with everybody. Yeah, and so that's really cool. And, and I know. Uh, I enjoyed watching you do that too, uh, as you were collecting different things, and you know it, it was your own way you found to to be able to bring the Holy Land to other people, and that's what we're supposed to do, right? We were, Victor and I were talking about that last week. Was we don't? It's like I said again in this one too, this episode. It's not a a, a, a vacation. It's not a mm-hmm. just a, a a tour. It's you're going. You know, Jesus, the teacher, invites come and see, just like he did to Andrew, right? Where do you live? Come and see. So you come, and then all of a sudden you see all this stuff. And you're experiencing it, like not just the the the, the stones, the the hard stones, but the living stones, the people there. And then you're supposed to bring that new relationship, that newfound love for Christ, back and, and evangelize with it. And that's what you're doing in that way with those bottles, is to giving those little pieces of, of history to those folks and and saying here, like I thought about you and I want you to have this, and hopefully it blesses you and all of that. So it's really cool. That's one thing I love about you, among the many. Uh, you may disagree, but well, I what, I, any. <laughs> what I really loved is I brought yeah. um, probably just a handful of them to work and I set them up at the front administrator's desk. Just, you know, like just let everyone know, hey, this is water from the Jordan River. If anyone's interested, I fully expected to go back and pick them up at the end of the day. They were all gone within two hours, yeah. which I was like, oh, you work praise at St. Jesus. Jude, so there's all kind of, yeah, that's awesome. It's <laughs> That was, that was awesome. Well, so what about, we've talked about that. What about like. What are some of the highlights? Like when you think back, when you're going about at night and, and the pilgrimage comes across your mind or where you're sitting there in the day or driving to work or something and your mind just kind of floats back to the trip a few weeks, because it's been about a month now, what what are yeah. some of the things that pop up? Like what are some of the first memories that, that you go to and some of the things that really just impacted you about what you saw and what you felt in those places? Just looking at the landscape, you know, looking at everything and getting to see it with my own eyes. And wondering, did they see these mountains like this? Did it look like this? We the first hotel we stayed at, you Meaning know, we they were like people who lived there that like back. Well, no, in, the apostles uh, like yeah, that's did, what I'm it, when they looked out. Is that is that what it looked like when Jesus looked out? Is this did he see this this horizon? Did the mountains look like this? Thinking about that, and it made me feel so much closer. Like you know, we're, we they talk about the church as the body of Christ. I felt like that. Mm-hmm. I felt like I was really part of that community. Yeah. And like we stayed on the Sea of Galilee. So there was, I took me to the last day and I thought if I don't do it, I'm going to regret it. So I put my bathing suit on and I walked into the Sea of Galilee. You didn't walk. You were swimming out there. Yeah, we <laughs> did. I convinced a few others. <laughs> I convinced like... a few others to get out there too, because yeah. I was like, this is our one opportunity. We can swim. And I bet, I know they're fishermen, but I bet they got in that sea too, or the lake. Yeah, but that's the other thing. It's not a sea, it's a lake. They yeah. call everything over there a sea, but they're lakes. But I loved that. I loved like getting out in that lake and I laid back on my back and I looked up where I could see kind of the mountains in, in my peripheral vision. And I just, I thought, I wonder if they ever did that. I wonder if they ever just laid back on their back and looked up at this guy. Yeah. And then I wonder if he knew me doing that at that very moment. Yeah, knew that you would do that one yeah. day. Yeah, that's the kind of stuff you think about a lot over there. And and I could tell you, like, 
I remember we started out, you know, we had two or three days at, at Magdala, the hotel there, where you're talking about right at the sea and Duke and Altum Chapel and all that stuff there. Um, and it's just amazing. It's beautiful. Um, you know, the, the land is lush. It's mountainous. It's, it's you know, there's there's fields everywhere. It's just, yeah, it's really it's gorgeous. And, but what I remember is like that, we went on the Sea of Galilee and that's, you know, I got the, the privilege of preaching about the storms in our life and all the things with Jesus walking on water and, you know, remembering that, that Jesus knows there's storms in your life. But just like when, you know, when they woke him up and he was like, what do you, what's the matter? Why are you so scared? And, you know, oh, you little faith, you know, it reminds us that sometimes, you know, we need to remember who's in our boat, right? right. That our storms aren't as big as to Jesus as they are to us. Doesn't mean he doesn't care about them. Yeah. It just means like he has them in a different perspective than we do, you know, mm-hmm. and he can call them off and do those things as he does in our life. So, but I remember being out there on the sea and then, you know, the next day we went to all those places like, um, Gosh, to the Mount of the Beatitudes, yeah. and then over to uh, St. Peter's Fish where we had lunch, and then to Capernaum, which is the town of Peter and Peter's mother-in-law's house, and um, and then the Church of the Primacy of Peter, yeah. where Jesus, you know, where they pulled up on the shore where Jesus had been, where after he was resurrected, he was, you know, had a charcoal fire going mm-hmm. and was cooking fish, and John recognized him, and Peter jumped out of the boat and swam there, and you're standing in that place where, I remember being overwhelmed by that forgiveness of the Lord, like, you know, we, we can sit here so often in our lives and feel like, man, Jesus can't forgive me. I've done I've done so many wrong things, and Jesus certainly doesn't, you know, can't love me the way that, that people tell me he can. But as you're standing on that shore and there's this beautiful statue of Jesus over Peter, and Peter's on his knees, and Father Larry gave a great uh, uh, reflection there because it, meant, it, it was part of his uh, ordination. Um, and, you know, that, that whole... I think that's something reading he chose or something like that for for a special point in his priesthood but i just remember sitting there going like this is where the disciples jumped out of the boat at least peter and swam mm-hmm. up fully yeah. clothed and hit his knees and where the lord met him and just said you know feed my sheep feed my lambs feed my sheep right as many times as peter denied him and and, and as bad as we think like okay well i've done things wrong against jesus peter denied him in the presence of jesus like jesus could see him denying him and he told him he would do it so and imagine the shame that was he did it. yeah imagine that shame and the lord even in that moment you know coming to him and, and inviting him to sit down with him so he could look at him and go i love you i love you i love you and another cool thing that that our god told us about yeah. was the different types of love he said you know when you read this um, you know, you've got Eros and you've got Philia and then you've got um, agape. agape. And he said in the first couple of times when Jesus is asking him, do you agape me? He's asking him that every time. Do you agape me? Which is the highest form of love, most intense form of love. And and he said, and Peter's answers were like, yes, I feel you. You know, I feel you. Not I feel you, but I feel you. Love you, you like know, which a means brother. I love you like a brother. And Jesus was finally asking this stuff. And then so finally Jesus, in, in the guide's perspective and in, in tradition, he says, Jesus then says, okay, do you feel me? And, and Peter says, I agape you, right? Like, And that was the answer Jesus was looking for. And that's when he eventually said, follow me, right? And and it's just such, when you're sitting there and you're in that place of such great forgiveness and, and such a broken man in so many ways. Peter was angry. Peter messed up a lot. You know, another place we can talk about in a minute, Caesarea Philippi. And that's another place where, you know, one minute Peter was a shining star and the next he was like, you know, get behind me, Satan, and all that stuff. Yeah. But here on that shore, I just remember it's a be- beautiful set of trees. 
and shade and a beautiful church and, and the Franciscan friars run that one. So there's some friars running around. And then you just get to hear the water lapping on the shore and you're mm-hmm. right there in the place where all that took place. It was just amazing. But I, that was one of the spots where we went there. We went to the multiplication of the loaves, all of that, like six places that day. Um, mm-hmm. Over to the to Genesaret, where the demonic was, and where Jesus cast out the demons legion into the pigs. But you're, the whole way you're around that 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 Sea of Galilee, and you realize that the, the it's a lake that's 35 miles around. So, like in the Bread of Life discourse, when they when Jesus feeds the five thousand, they run around the lake. It says they run around the sea. Mm-hmm. Like, how do you run around a sea? Yeah. Well, it it was only, he was halfway across. It was 15 miles for them to to kind of run across, and you realize, man, Jesus' work, the majority of his work, a lot of his work happened within like 12 miles of all of this. Yeah. Right. And we think, well, if I want to go serve the church, if I want to serve Jesus, I got to go out. You know, I got to, I got to go everywhere else. But like God is calling us to work in our own area, like in our 10 foot radius. That's what Jesus did. He literally worked in one of the smallest areas of the world in the country of Israel and found 12 people to go out and expand that, right? He witnessed other people, and those people witnessed. And it's just a, when you're standing there, you're going, man, when you read this in the Bible, you think these places are so far off from each other, but they're really like right yeah. up the road. Yeah. You know, I it's know. like walking from Memphis to Germantown or from, you know, Memphis to, to South Haven or something like, you know, suburbs of Memphis or towns in the area of Memphis. You start to realize, and it puts a different perspective on it, how he just worked in that area. Oh, yeah, no, it did. You did a good job of sharing that with us and helping. That's one thing I did appreciate. Both Father Larry, where the mat, how the masses at each location, we had the readings specifically for that place. Father Larry preached on it. And then what you shared, too, and the guides, everyone bringing us back to because it's easy to get lost into oh this is a trip or I'm tired or anything like that you always brought us back into why are we here what is the purpose here is Jesus our Lord and Savior learn this open your heart hear this become part of this yeah I've I've really enjoyed that because like you said um his small radius a lot of times I feel like I feel like that especially with you and your ministry that I need to be doing more and I can make just as big of an effect just serving my family, serving yeah. you, the children, the women in our women's study group. Yeah. Just follow and let him lead and let him tell me, where, yeah. do, where do I need, what do I need to do? Well, what does my yes need to be? Yeah. And, and that's what, I mean, it's beautiful, Angela. And, and you do a good job with all of that, probably better than I do. I probably do a better job on the road than no, I do I here with our courage. family and I admire else, your but, courage to go out there the way you do. Well, thank you. I, I couldn't do it without y'all. But I, um, now you're making me blush. <laughs> but I, uh, I tell you, one of the, what I really thought my responsibility was, and it's hard, like when you're not a biblical, biblical scholar and you're not a priest and you're not a, you know, where do I fit in in here? And and I just try to go, you know what? I love Jesus. And what we do in our relate, not that those people don't, I don't mean that, but like what, what we do in our ministry is really just, Jesus is real. Like yeah. he's not just a, a it, the Bible isn't war and peace. It's not a Christmas carol. It's not another story. It, it's truth. And here we are in this place where all this truth happened. And like you see from the moment, and I was doing it too, and so were you. You know, you walk in a place, and immediately it's like, yeah. And the cameras and the phones are going off everywhere, and it's like, hey, our Lord stood here. Like, yes, that's a beautiful stained glass window. And man, that rock that's in that glass case over there is something probably really cool and special. 
but our Lord was here. And like, what did he do in this place? And so I get the multiplication of the loaves. You know, we had just done a podcast about that a few weeks before we went, you know, because mm-hmm. it was in the readings. And I just, I wanted people to realize like, yes, this is where he fed the 5,000, but let's concentrate on like what happened with the little boy, you know, and just think that little boy's parents probably packed that sack lunch and, and, you know, he just thought this is what I'm supposed to eat today. And all of a sudden Jesus is sending apostles through the crowd to look for something to feed everybody. And that little boy is sitting there going like, what do I have? To, this is nothing. Like, what could this possibly give? But think if he hadn't given that, right? And so I just try to take people and go, look, like you may feel like you don't have anything to offer. You may be here wondering, like, how can I go back and really be a part of the body of Christ and make an impact? And and a lot of times, because the devil doesn't want us to do that, he, he hits us there and goes, oh, you that, you can't, there's already people doing that, or you can't make a difference, or there's people way more better than that, or have that gift 18 times more magnified than what you do. And so we just quit, and that's his, that's his goal, right, is to get us to mm-hmm. not do anything. But in that story, what I was trying to show to people there was just like, look, it's not about your, it's not about what you do or don't have. It's about you being willing to offer it to God because that's where it's magnified. That's where it's what happened. The little boy said, here, you can have this. And then Jesus took it, lifted it to the father and the father multiplied it. And I mean, I believe firmly that that's probably the reason that boy was born. Not to say that he doesn't have a, you know, didn't have a wonderful life after that, but that for that moment, his gift was to be given that day so that you and I are sitting here 2,000 years in the future talking about it. And to be standing in that place, that's what I wanted to offer people was, look, I'm never going to wow you with my knowledge of what revelations means or any of that stuff. I'm never going to be able to to get up there and give a homily and administer the sacraments. But what I can give is just my heart for the Lord and, and what I think that he wants us to see out of this. And so that's what I try to do. And what I'll try to do on every pilgrimage we do is, and, and I think that's where you and I can really bless people and be blessed by people is just to go and be ourselves and to share our our relationship with Jesus with other people. Well, I think it's what it is is it's good for all of us because we haven't been instructed the way that um PhDs in philosophy have or priests even. They've had, and so, yeah. they've had they've had so much so many countless years in in instruction and in teaching in the history and in the faith what but what we lack in that, we don't in our hearts and in our soul. And when we open it to Scripture, He speaks to us. Yeah. He speaks to us in a way He speaks to you. Yeah. We just have to be open and receptive to to Him and yeah. let Him. Like like when we were at, um, I was talking to you earlier about the the Rock of the Agony or yeah, uh, Rock of Agony, yeah, Rock the of Garden Agony. Gethsemane. It's in the Church of the Basilica of the Agony. Yep. Yeah. So we got we had Mass there surrounded i mean we were on the altar right there next to it and it struck me that this was the saddest place for him yet we're celebrating mass and then i thought how many other people how many times has mass been celebrated right here which was supposed to be the like one of the worst places right and now we celebrate and sorrow right and we celebrate it's it's victorious to us and yeah did he see me there? That I kept thinking, did he see me there? Yeah, oh, he did, and I'm sure he was smiling down on you and all of us. That was that was a, a special moment for me, too. I mean, I told you that before the trip, like Gethsemane is where I think I'm going to really be hit. Now, I was surprised by Caiaphas's house, which we talked yeah. about last show, just because I, I just wasn't expecting to be able to go down to where they held Jesus. But, yeah, in Gethsemane, I just remember seeing that rock of agony, and there's this – 
uh, ornate like uh, iron thorns yeah. all the way around it. And you got to be careful because you put your knee down on that stuff, you're going to be going to the hospital. But like um, laying over that uh, on that rock. And I remember I, you know, I was one of the last people up there. So I, I there was not a lot of seats. So I sat like actually to the side of the altar mm-hmm. um, where the readers were and all that stuff. And so I was right there. So whenever we knelt during mass, I just leaned over and had my hands on the rock and it was so powerful. And just to, even the viewpoint when you walk outside and you can see, you know, there wouldn't have been a church there, obviously. Right. And so that spot where Jesus was laying, he would have had a perfect view of the city and seeing the people coming for him and all of those things. But yeah, that was a powerful moment for me too. And father, you know, delivered an amazing mass there and, and, uh, father maybe can celebrate it. It was awesome. And, you know, it was another moment where we had, there was a third group there with Select, which was Father Maybe's group, and right. and they could celebrate a couple masses with them, but they were kind of always either leaving the place or coming to the place that we went, and there were some Dominican sisters there, and uh, it was just great seeing all of them, too, even though we weren't yeah. in the same group. We were high-fiving each other, and can't wait to see you the next place, and taking pictures with them. And, and that was a gift, too, the Dominican sisters, because yeah. they brought the songs. Yeah. They, I mean, they have beautiful voices, and yeah, they sang I think that masses. must be a requirement to be a Dominican sister. you got to <laughs> sing well. Yeah, because they do that with the Nashville Dominicans here in Memphis. Yeah. Well, what other places? we got a few minutes here left. Like, is there any other places you want to, like, I mean, there's a Holy Sepulchre, there's Dominus Flevit, where Jesus cried over the city, there's... Um, there's so many, there's the church of the visitation with, with Elizabeth and Mary, um, yeah. and John Bethany, you know, in, in Bethany, there's John where John the Baptist was born to, um, all of that. I enjoyed all of, I mean, of course for me, Cana was huge because yeah. we renewed our vows and I think for both of us, I was glad we, you said yes we, again. I was sweating. Well, <laughs> it, it just made me realize how much we've grown together as yeah. husband and wife, <laughs> Excuse me. but when we said those vows, we knew what we're saying, and yeah. we recommitted our promise to each other, and yeah. that was special. Along with so many other people, that was what was cool. It was like we were in this mob of people that were like a mob of love, honestly, because yeah. people were just recommitting those things, and it was just amazing. I mean, there's so many memories you know, we could talk about, and just, I mean, even just when you get to Jerusalem, I feel like you could spend like an entire week there, because oh, there's yeah. just so much, the Wailing Wall and all of those things, and just... Not only the, 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 the Christian pieces, but, you know, the pieces well, that are so um, vital to uh, the, the Jews and to Muslims and all that stuff, too. It surprised me. I was, I was really surprised at when we went to the Wailing Wall because, you know, it separates men and women. We go separately. And I still had reverence and respect and the history for it. But there was a, a striking difference between me and people of the Jewish tradition because that's not the end for me. Yeah. And I, I, I honestly, I, I felt sadness, sorrow for them that, that that is their most holy place, that it's not in our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ, and it's not in the tabernacles. It's not, you know, gets to be celebrated in sure. we, every well, day still, in and, Mass. And they're still waiting for the coming of the Messiah right. in their mind, right? I was, right. I was really surprised that, that, all of, that I felt that way and that it— but it's amazing to see their piety and their, and their reverence for it all truly of that, is. right? I mean, and that was the most holy place to them was the temple. And yes. so that wall is all that's left for them. And that's why they're there praying. And it's not right. all that's left for them, but right. it's the holiest place for them to go. And I mean, all the ones we saw on the plane, I mean, they were making pilgrimages to go yeah. to that spot. And 
uh, with the men, it was um, it was really neat to see because they had all their their holy stuff on the garb and things they wear, and then you know the the traditional dress when they're yes. they're worshiping and um, and studying and, and as they're reading and and, and and go praying from the Torah and all those things. But yeah, I mean, there's just there were so many places. I, another one too was like the the Palm Sunday Road. So if yeah. you notice that, like yeah. we we come out and you're looking over the old city. And it's a beautiful view. They take a, a group pilgrimage picture there because uh, it's just a you know magnificent view over the old city. But then you start walking down the Palm Road, and one thing that that you know you realize is you come to that the Dominus Flevit, right, which is where Jesus, um, you know, where he saw, um, where he he cried over Jerusalem, and you you you're working your way down, and then you come over to the Church of the Agony, and it just it really made it real for me. To or Basilica of the Agony, it made it real for me that man, there was all this joy in the Palm Road and all of yeah. that, and then it kind of where you go on the tour next is the places where everything turned, right? Right, and how quickly people went from screaming Lord, Lord, and praising Him and Messiah and Hosanna and all that stuff to crucify Him, crucify Him, and yeah. how easily we could do that in our own lives. Oh yeah. You know? <laughs> Yeah. I, yeah, I've thought about that myself, how I'm all praise Jesus, God is great, everything, then one bad thing happens. And I mean, I have to hold fast. I have to not be like, what just happened? Da, 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 and flip like that. Sure. Well, what would you, I guess we, we got to end the show at some point. We could talk about this all day. I think we were going like 40 minutes. Um, but what would you say like to people that are haven't been or people that are on the fence about going? I mean, obviously – it's it's a financial you know uh, um, choice to go. I mean, like yeah. if you, not a choice. I mean, not everybody has the choice, well, but it costs a lot to go, and not everybody has that opportunity. But for those that have the the opportunity, um, what would you say to them if they're thinking about it or on no, the fence I think about it? It's absolute. That's that's one thing. Like we were talking about with the Jewish people, like they all make pilgrimage and they hold fast and they study scripture hard. And why don't we as Catholics? You know, why don't we like spend time really learning our faith and the best way to do that is on a pilgrimage i mean it truly is it really draws you into the history what this means because i know years ago trying to read the bible i i knew that there was more and i didn't understand the words i didn't understand i knew that there was a history behind some of those words it had greater meaning than i was reading on those pages and the way to really like delve into it and learn is to put yourself there and it, it is a it is a, a big cost commitment but so is so are half of the vacations we go yeah, on going to the so are half of the things we and, choose to do going yeah. back to school or buying that new car everything is a choice yeah you just have to prioritize what's most important in your life and then you can like plan it years out and set up a fund okay we're going to save this much to pay for it then but sure. this matters and this needs to happen well, and I again, I just want to say here at the end, like it was a blessing to get to go with all the wonderful people. I mean, we got an email last night from Melissa. Uh, I got another comment on YouTube from the last episode the other day from another one of the pilgrims, and you know, several emails about people saying, and it's funny because a lot of people were honest. They're like, "I didn't know who you were," yeah. <laughs> and I'm like, "That's not a problem. A lot of people don't, right. you know." But I'm kind of used to that. But um, you know, it was really neat to say. But but you and Angela wound up being. Uh, one of the best blessings to us on the trip because we didn't know you. We got to know you. You helped make the trip real for us. And 
Um, and it just, it was a lot of great compliments and I'm just, I'm so honored that those 71 people chose to go on a trip with us and father, even if they didn't know who us was at the time. And it was Um, a joy to get to meet them, be introduced into so many other people's lives and to get to share our lives. Well, and and there's many of them that say they're going to travel with us again and again. And I really hope that that happens, not so that they just pay to go on a pilgrimage with us, but so that we get to spend more time with them. Um, you know, and, and we've opened, we've tried to do everything we can to stay in touch. We've opened a Google drive where everybody's uploading their folders, their, their photos. We've got a, a group me app where people can text and chat with each other. Um, we've, uh, we've set up email, you know, correspondence with everybody and really just try to do whatever we could to stay in touch with these wonderful people, because I don't think they're just meant to come into our lives for a moment, right? They're, they're meant to be lifelong friends because we've experienced something that will be lifelong memories. And so, Again, select travel is who we travel with. Um, I, I cannot tell you how impressed and how pleased I was with going with them. I was so nervous in the beginning, and they worked with me the entire time. And they even went out of their way to send somebody with us when they really didn't have a person just to make sure we were comfortable. Ramona, she's amazing. Uh, I just saw she was on a pilgrimage with the Frads, um, you know, enjoying some time with them. But select if you're gonna if you're gonna travel, whether it's with us or somebody else. I mean, Jeff Cavins, Father Mike Schmitz, all these people travel with them. Um, you know, so there's plenty of options out there. But I would just say, from somebody that's experienced a, a pilgrimage now, I, I wouldn't go with anybody else but select best guides. They're gonna put you in the best places. You're gonna have mass, not at, at the side of a place, but in the the most holy part of the place. Um, and they're going to work with you on every bit of the things you want to do. So as leaders and, and as pilgrims. So again, thank you to Adita. Thank you to Jane who helped, you know, she's my representative there that put the trip together to Matt who answered all my questions about what kind of clothes I should bring and all mm-hmm. that stuff. I'm a notorious overpacker. So like, yeah. I still think I only, I packed like 12 outfits and wore four, but, uh, I did take showers in between, but, um, but yeah, thank you to all the folks that were with us. Uh, select that put it on father Larry Richards one of my best friends in the world chaplain of our ministry he and I are going to travel again in the future on things in fact that the the crowd was unanimous when I asked him about that and told him he better get it got it going to do it you know his famous line so again thank you to select international travel go there check it out we've got some pilgrimage that will be announced hopefully by next week coming up to Europe and back to the Holy Land I can't tell you all the details yet but I'm super excited about it. I hope that you'll consider joining Angela and I. Angela, thank you so much. I know this was uncomfortable for you. I know you don't like this kind of stuff, but you're magnificent. You're amazing. And I'm glad that everybody else got to see some of that too. And thank you to my son, Jacob, who's 13, yeah, good job, who's Jacob. on the other side of the camera running this stuff today and recording this. Uh, he did a good job, I think. I didn't see his face or any boogers or anything anywhere. So, <laughs> nah, Jacob, I'll be taking my job back next time. Yeah. But maybe he'll be the next one to be on the show. But, folks, again, thanks for listening to these two episodes. Next week, we're going to be back to our regular thing with Victor and I talking about where Jesus is and our mess and all that stuff. But I just couldn't go without sharing the the just the amazing journey this pilgrimage was, both for Angela and I. And uh, I just look forward to many of you, hopefully, that will decide to travel us when we go somewhere else. So, Angela, let's take it to prayer and let's say the Hail Mary, okay? Okay. In the name of the Father, and the Son, and the Holy Spirit, amen. Hail Mary, full of grace, the Lord is with thee. Blessed art thou among women, and blessed is the fruit of thy womb, Jesus. Holy Mary, Mother of God, pray for us sinners, now and at the hour of our death. Amen. In the name of the Father, and the Son, and the Holy Spirit, amen. Thanks for listening to Just a Guy in the Pew. To find out more about John Edwards or have him come to speak to your parish, group, or conference, go to justaguyinthepew.com. 
or send us an email at justaguyinthepew at gmail.com. Mm-hmm.